This is a Civil Beat podcast. I'm Eric Pape, and today we're looking into what it means to be local in Hawaii, the most diverse state in America. So is being local an ethnic or racial thing, an attitude, or how you carry yourself? Does it come down to whether you speak pidgin, the local dialect in Hawaii, or where you're born? The tendency, especially if you're talking to another person from Hawaii, they would say, I'm a local boy. <laughs> I'm as local as they come. That's Ben Cayetano. By the way he talks, you might not guess how far that local has come. He grew up in the gritty neighborhood of Kalihi in Honolulu after World War II. In the 1990s, he became Hawaii's fifth governor and the very first Filipino-American leader of any state. But growing up, his ethnic roots didn't mean much to him. My father is from the Philippines. I'm Filipino. But I didn't know anything about the Filipino culture until I got into probably college. So as I was growing up, I had a greater affinity for the Hawaiian culture than I did for the culture of my father's homeland. I don't think that's necessarily true on the mainland United States. For uh, a Filipino-American growing up in uh, California, for example, maybe to feel that way. Here, it was more accurate to say you were local. You had uh, Filipinos, Japanese, Chinese, some Caucasian, Portuguese, Hawaiians, growing up in a comparatively small place. Whereas on the mainland, when I went to Los Angeles to go to school, they had all these ethnic groups. They're balkanized because it's so big. Here it was different. We were forced to interact. And you get invited to weddings, birthday parties, baptismals, you know. You get to know each other pretty well. And your racial identity sometimes get a little murky. And so that culture is what a lot of people who are born and raised here call local. They feel local. That's not to say there wasn't segregation in Hawaii. According to Cayetano, there was, between members of the white upper class, rich howleys as they're sometimes called, and everybody else. We never had any real contact with uh, the howley population. The locals were kind of separate, you know. One of the symbols of that separation was the state's most prestigious private school, Punahou. That's where Barack Obama felt like an outsider among the children of Hawaii's elite. I hated the guy, the kids from Punahou, <laughs> because, you know, I didn't know them. Today, some of my best friends are graduates of Punahou, and I, I sent my, my youngest daughter to Punahou, you know. But that's the kind of separation it was. there was. To answer your question, it was more of an attitude, and the only attitude that I knew, because I, ne- I never grew up feeling I was anything else. When I grew up in Kalihi, there were some local haulies who grew up with me. One guy's name was Sergei Spotkev. He was a Russian, but he spoke pidgin like the rest of us, you know. <laughs> I think the one thing that most locals did was, when it came to interacting with Hollies, they never took a back step. We're just as good as you. Despite that swagger, Cayetano discovered in the early 1950s how wide the gap was between the two worlds. My buddies and I would get on our bikes and we'd go to Waikiki to swim and all of that. So this one time we decided to go spearfishing at Kahala. We're in the water, we go down the public right away. We have our inner tube, we have our spear guns, and I'm, you know, like 12 years old, okay? So we're in the water, but maybe about 50, 100 yards offshore, and this guy comes out of his house. I remember him as a big guy, you know, uh, Holly, and he starts yelling at us. Get the hell out of here, you know, like he owns the beach. That was one of the first times that I had ever been spoken like that, you know, by anyone. Uh, Maybe it's because the first time I really ran into some white guy. My friends got a little uh, frightened, and I remember one of them saying, Benny, let's go. So we finally uh, started moving back from where we came from. Then we, as was usual, we brought lunch, you know, and uh, lunch for us was like uh, spam and rice. And so we're eating in the right-of-way, 
public right away. And a police car comes up. And that cop is a local guy. And he says, uh, hey, you guys got to leave. And he looked at the fence behind us. And there's an old holy lady standing there with her arms crossed like this. And her lips kind of pursed. She didn't say a word. Well, I got the message, you know. And that was one of the first encounters I had with that part of the population. You know, after a while, you begin to notice as these things pile up. And so I think that um, the Kala type of population, uh, they have been running things for so long that they isolated themselves from the rest of the population. That local boy from Kalihi now lives in a spacious mansion on a hill looking down on Kahala, the Beverly Hills of Honolulu. He lives there with his 10 perfectly groomed dogs. The 76-year-old retiree remains active by trying to get policymakers to do what he thinks is right. Over the centuries, Hawaiian culture has usually leaned towards ever greater inclusiveness, and Cayetano seems to have evolved too. Some of his political and legal allies are Howleys, including newcomers to the island who are, by definition, the opposite of local. In that context, what is local? I don't think it's so much the geographical area now. It's the feeling. You feel local. What's interesting is that a lot of people come from the mainland and they have that, almost develop that same feeling because they buy into the local culture. And uh, frankly, um, some of the people who come from the mainland seem to care more about this state than the guys who were born here. Uh, and that's part of the, the, the dynamics of change. This podcast was produced by Christel Bosu-Ragis for civilbeat.com.